0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. So we've got a good team with us today. So as I mentioned, Dawn, Dawn Chowcraft, Deputy Director of Primary Care and Michelle Lombardi, one of our Directors of Primary Care. Um, And it's great to have you both um, on this call today. So I think Michelle, we're coming to you first.
1: Thanks Louise. So I think uh, we wanted to talk a bit about the NHS England newsletter, NHS England letter, particularly around the period of mourning and the Queen's funeral arrangements. As an LMC, we join the nation in mourning the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Her lifelong commitment to public service is an example to us all. She recognised and supported the NHS and those who work in it, as well as supporting many medical charities. So uh, we just wanted to confirm, and I think um, most should be aware, that Monday, the 19th of September, will be a bank holiday. Primary care professionals and their teams will want to pay their respects on the day wherever possible. And NHS England has confirmed that GP practices will be contractually able to close on this day for their core services. So you're able to close. It will be a practice decision as to whether you want to do that. ICBs will need to urgently work to ensure sufficient out of hours cover um, and uh service capacity is in place during what would have been core hours to meet patients' urgent medical needs. I think the other two areas we just wanted to highlight that was within the letter was the extended hours sessions. If you've got one that partic- that falls on the 19th of September, practices are able to cancel these, but we'll need to rearrange them within two weeks of this date as per the DES agreement. And then the other element is the COVID vaccination programme PCNs and practices are encouraged in the letter to continue to give these due to the importance of delivering the uh, vaccination autumn booster programme. And if there are any flex or condensed hours needed, it suggests speaking with your ICBs. And it also references the uh, scheduled uh, COVID vaccinations for care homes and would ask that these continue as planned, given the importance um, on these as well. So it was really just to highlight the NHS England letter and the guidance that's within that.
0: Lovely. Thanks, Michelle. And I think with our newsletter that I think is coming out tomorrow, we've got a little attachment, a little poster that you may want to put up in your practice if you haven't already done so. And you can use some of those wordings if that's helpful at all on your website and on and on your comms. So um, great. Thank you, Michelle. Um, Dawn, I think we're going to move on to childhood IMS now. Yes,
2: lovely. Thanks, Louise. Um, Yes, I'm sure some of you will be aware that the uh, childhood IMS uptake um, across the country, not Anywhere specific here um, is is generally low, unfortunately. Um, We don't seem to have got back to that pre COVID level, and even pre COVID, um, as we all know, some uh, childhood IMS are a little bit more challenging than others. However, they are particularly low, um, and NHS England have tried to um, assist where they can uh, by producing a communication pack for GP practices. Um, You can use and tailor um, as you feel. Appropriate just to supplement what you already are doing. Um, and we know that you will make great efforts uh, in that area. Um, so this is no more than a, um, it's not an ask of an extra in any way, shape or form. It is just a communication pack for you to use if you think it will be helpful. Um, it contains materials such as template letters, text messaging, um, copy that you might use on social media assets and
0: so forth. Um,
2: moving on from there, if that's okay, Louise. Yes, I think I, I've got the next
0: item. Yes, no, you have got the next item, Dawn. I was just going to add that one of our practice managers um has run a few Facebook live sessions for their um for their patients and they did one on childhood illness so okay. if anybody's interested in finding out more about that then i'd be happy to share the information and I'm, i know the practice manager will be happy to share their information um, it's just a way of accessing people that possibly have got a few questions but don't like to ask um, and some of facebook live is just a link that anybody can access so there's obviously technology involved there's obviously more more to it than just a sort of a sentence but if you want to find out a little bit more then we'd be happy to talk more about that if that would be helpful Just another way of communication with the patients, isn't it? Thank you, Dawn. Yes, I think you are on COVID, I think, now.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, So COVID-19 care home vaccinations, for those doing them, I'm sure you're aware of this anyway, but probably worth a mention because it is time limited. So there is a financial incentive available up until the 23rd of October to general practice um, to prioritise the COVID-19 vaccination uh, to your care home residents in both the older adult care and also the non-older adult care homes. Um, If you... uh, are doing those. Uh, In order to claim the incentive though, you do need to complete a short live online form. And I'm sure you're aware of that as well. Um, And that link is available um, on the NHS Futures platform, but we could probably put that as well, or the link to the NHS Futures platform against our podcast. So if you are missing it or mislaid it, whatever, we don't want you to miss the incentive payment just because you haven't done the live form.
1: Lovely. Cool. Yeah, lovely. Thank you, Dawn. Um, online access, Michelle.
0: Yes, one of yes, our favourites yes. on this uh, on this webinar, isn't
1: it? <laughs> it is. We, we talk about it frequently. Um, I just wanted to mention. I think most people will be aware that we're um, the first of November is the switch on. So it's eight weeks away for the switch on of prospective access for all patients to their medical records. We just wanted to highlight. Um, a couple of things. The first is that we are running some webinars. Um, I don't know, Louise, if you wanted to provide any more detail on that is one area we wanted to chat on. Um, certainly, I,
0: I did this last week and I happy. I'll put, I'll put the links in on the one well, I'll send up um, with the podcast to send out what's available. So we've got some safeguarding information coming out Um, safeguarding admin, which is particularly useful for people with um, the redacting, some of the information. And we've got some um information governance fundamental sessions coming, in also to try and give everybody the um, the ground level base level that we feel everybody really needs to know that saves you doing it if we're offering some information on that also for your clinicians some great little tiny tiny films of in tpp and in emis how to redact information from online view so if you do nothing else with your clinicians i would show them the um the little films they are literally a minute and a half each and um, so i think you might find that really helpful
1: Thanks, Louise. And I think the other area we wanted to highlight is that actually there is an immediate action that practices need to take um, to enable uh, the online access to be switched on. And this is for EMIS and TPP. So um, we will put a link in. uh, I think there's a link in in relation to this. There needs to be an action that you take within your uh, in your clinical system. We'll add that into the link with the uh, podcast. The other area that we just wanted to highlight, we've got NHS Digital attending a meeting with us next week on on this topic and the team that are leading this from a national level. So what we would ask uh, is if you could put any comments or questions you would like us to raise at this meeting. We already have safeguarding on that list and a number of other things. But if you could pop it in the Q&A box um, or drop it into the office uh, I think it's next Wednesday that we're meeting. So before then, and we we'll raise it directly with them and provide a, an update on those uh, questions with responses.
0: Yes, when they came before, we did have quite a lively discussion that um, we remember. And so we did try and put back all the um, queries that you were asking us at the time, and we will certainly do the same thing again. So what's particularly worrying you about this? Maybe there is nothing. Maybe you feel completely sorted with it. But if there's anything worrying your clinicians or you or your admin team, please just send in the questions and we will put them directly um, to um, the team from NHS Digital next week. We've just had one query question in, Michelle. What happens if you don't turn the link on?
1: Is that an option? Can you not turn the link on? Um, I think you have you have to. Um, fortunately, it's a contractual requirement, so it's been a contractual requirement I think since April 2020 in its current form, and actually pre- it predates that also in a various other forms. So uh, we would um, suggest that practices do need to do that. I know it's I know it's daunting, and I know it's a huge. You know, a huge task that you think that potentially could come as a consequence of this, but I think practices would they do need to do that. I think one
0: thing to share um, some of the evidence is actually it isn't an overwhelming um, increase in demand of of, of your time and um, from some of the places that have switched it on, and actually sometimes patients are sort of quite just relieved to be able to see things. And actually the queries that they have, the practice that have been in the, in the pilot areas of this have been surprised that it hasn't caused more work than they thought. So I think there is a little bit of a lining,
1: silver lining to the to the cloud. Um, so it, yeah, Michelle. So just to add, I just, I'm just reading the particular update. So it says, clinical system suppliers, EMIS and TPP have identified the need for general practice to update their organization, global settings for online services in order for patients to receive online access to their prospective future records from the 1st of November, and it's set out in a letter, this needs to be updated manually by the individual practices, the data controller before this date. So that's a specific guidance in relation to this, what you need to do. I think what we need to do is put the link to the letter with this podcast so you can see the action that needs to be taken. Um, but I, I, think d- that be I think that would be helpful.
0: Yeah. And I think Debbie's come straight back at me. Well done, Debbie. Thank you. Um, I disagree. We're getting lots of silly queries and grumbles from patients. If you could actually explain what you're getting, Debbie, that would be really helpful if perhaps you'd email us afterwards or put it in the chat if you want to, because then we can push that back to NHS Digital. And also, if you're happy, share Yes, email me. But no, don't I apologize, Debbie. It's really, really good to have the conversation. Um, email us and then if you're happy, we'll share that also with the, all the rest of you um, so you can see what to expect because what's was that sort of forewarned, what is it, forewarned, forearmed? Is that the other way around? Other way around, I think maybe. Um, I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, but I think that would be helpful because I think you know we need to um, be uh, as aware of any of the issues as we can be. So please, yeah, do ask. Um, thanks, Debbie. And Gemma's asked a question. Will children's medical records become live or will it only be visible if you have
1: proxy access? That's a good question. Um, I think children's access switches off at the ages of now, is it 11 or 13? We have this debate frequently. I think it might be 13. Um, let's check that one. I think that's one we need to get real guidance on. Um, cool. Do you and have make any sure
0: add on that one or
1: should we just go back to the guidance? Well,
2: Michelle is
0: right. We should check
2: the guidance. But at 13, essentially, whilst children at 13 can ask to have the NHS app, they can ask, but it's only if the GP agrees that they can have it, would it be switched on? And in that instance, they would then be able to see their medical record prior to that. There is Proxy access. So I think what the question was is, is it live? It would only effectively be live to anybody that had asked for the access. So you'd, if uh, if that kind of makes sense. So unless you've got proxy access, nobody's can see it anyway, can they?
1: I think at the age of eleven, potentially there's some a setting within your system that you can switch off proxy yeah. access for children. Yeah. yeah. So I think let's be. I think we probably need to just be. Let's get some guidance on that and. I think you're right Dawn, Um, let's get some guidance and be clear on that.
0: The, and these are the sort of things that we want to try and um, iron out as much as we possibly can before the 1st of November, aren't we? So that we um, can all be a little bit more aware. So a little bit of a longer question now: Where do we stand, or what support is there for flu vaccines within the community? We've already had notification of a healthy 50 to 64-year-old patient vaccinated at a pharmacy. There's no notification on the discharge summary that they have had it for any other reason. Therefore, we're now in the situation where we have to wait until mid-October and won't be paid until then. But the these patients can go to a pharmacy where they will be paid in full. So, sorry, I thought that was part of the medical access, but that's why I sort of zoomed on with that question. So a flu question. I think, Dawn, can we get that one to you?
2: Oh, thank you. Yes. All things flu. So <clears throat> uh, we have spoken to uh, the Public Health National um, NHS England teams about this because there have been one or two practices that have said they were aware that pharmacies were vaccinating or were booking healthy 50 to 64-year-olds. Um, Boots in particular have what uh, a voucher scheme for employers who wish to set up effectively an occupational health uh, vaccination. So basically, yes, a healthy 50 to 64 year old can go on and book under an employer voucher scheme so that effectively their employer is going to pay for it. So they're not being uh, vaccinated under the enhanced service in that instance. That is a private arrangement. And actually, if a healthy 50 to 64 year old goes to a pharmacy and pays for it, as a private patient effectively, then they can do that. If they're vaccinated as a healthy to 50, 60, four-year-old at a pharmacy prior to the 15th of October, under the enhanced service, I'm told no contractor will be paid, I'm told.
0: Thank you, Dawn. I think that's really helpful. So hopefully that's, that has helped um, the, flu, uh, the flu issues go on, don't they? Um, Okay, thank you. I think we've just got a reminder at the end there, Michelle, please.
1: We have. So this is in relation to friends and family test. I know everybody, um, all practice managers and everyone's juggling huge amounts of plates at the moment. So we thought we would just mention that the friends and family test is now should now be available to your patients. Um, to enable them to give quick and easy, anonymous feedback um, on the practice. I believe there is a new standard question that has been added around overall, how was your experience of, of the service? Um, so it's really just a gentle reminder that that's something that practices need to be looking at and be aware of. Um, as I say, you've got a huge amount on your plate. So it was just a, a reminder of that.
0: Thank you, Michelle. Um, so we've just got another um, query coming on flu. Um, I think another one for you, Dawn, I think. Um, we've received a call from our flu supplier informing me that I can order now for the 23-24 season. And we need to do so now to secure September delivery date. What are you meant to do? We've do not yet had the guidance on vaccines. It's an, it comes around every year. This, don't you? you're, yes. you're putting a lot of pressure, I think, from the flu companies, aren't you, to, to get your um, get your orders in?
2: Absolutely. Um, And I raised this again as well at a meeting with public health only on Monday because there was talk of the 23-24 season. And I said exactly that. Hang on a minute. What about the reimbursement letter? Um, That doesn't come till much later. Um, Ultimately, it is a practice decision. Um, We do always advise, wait for the reimbursement letter so that you know that you're ordering the correct vaccines. Having said all of that, of course, the later you leave it to order your vaccines, probably the later your delivery date will be. So it is your choice. If you are going to consider ordering now, whilst we wouldn't advise that, we understand why you might want to do it, but you are advised to make sure that you have a caveat cast iron in writing from the supplier that says if NHS England put out their reimbursement letter and there is anything in there that goes against what you've ordered, that you can cancel your order in full. If you haven't got that caveat and guarantee, it is at your own risk.
0: That's wise advice. Thank you, Don. That's really helpful. Um, I don't think we have any more questions coming in and nothing else on our agenda. I was just going to share a few things um, with you we thought would be helpful. We've got a PCN Managers Day coming up on 26th of September. That's a face-to-face day in Salisbury. Love to have any PCN managers um, there um, who haven't already signed up. So if you want any more information, it's on our website or do ask me. We've got our annual conference coming up, which is for GPs and practice managers on the 8th of November. And we were just talking a little bit before we started the call today how I remember attending with one of, um, one of the senior partners in, um, in my practice. And it was just a really good day of getting away from the practice, having a little time to think, learning what, what's there. I know it doesn't ever feel like you've got time to do it, but actually, I think it can be really stimulating and it could be a really useful thing um, for you to for you to, to, to do as a team. So we've got Claire Fuller coming from the Fuller Report. We've got um, somebody from the BMA contracts team coming, which is an opportunity for you to share your views with the national team. We don't often get that opportunity, so it'll be very interesting to hear what they say and very interesting for you to sort of give back your um your thoughts. Because of their success at the Practice Managers Conference, we've got Ashish Bhatia coming again to talk about sleep and we've got Richard House talking about leadership. So you can hear them again if you didn't get the opportunity last time or encourage your GPs to attend and hear them because I think them they've got plenty to say, which is really useful are how-to contracts um, on finance, leadership, legal premises and PCN sessions are starting again so they're, um, we just call them how-to-do and then we just fill in fill in the, the gap. So the first one is on contracts on October the 5th again great for GPs, great for practice managers really good overview about and um, what you need to know so you might hear it from NHS England but actually will tell you that actually this is the bit you really need to focus on and I think we can put sort of the LMC slant on those and those, uh, and those have been very successful in the past and very popular so we'll be running those again and just a couple of podcasts I wanted to draw your attention to Jenny Partridge and I had a bit of a chat on the jobs too big about the job of a practice manager and you might just be interested to listen to that it's got a few practical tips about what you might like to do to make your job slightly easier we just do know how tough it is and if you think it's just you might be just saying I'm really busy I'm really busy but actually possibly not explain exactly what you're doing and Possibly people in your team might not know what you're doing. Cycling Through Fire was a great podcast um, where our um, chief executive, um, Gareth Bryant, he spoke to um, Dan Ferrett and Andy Mintram, two of our practice managers, about the reality of the job. And it's a fantastic thing to listen to for you. Know you're not alone in sharing all the struggles that you've got at the moment. The good parts of the job too, so we must must remember also there's good parts. Um, But if you're... Social GP partners don't really know what you do and do, don't really know how it feels do share that with them and I think they might be interested so I think just to summarise we've got um, do send in any questions you've got about online access as I say we've got a meeting with the national team next week so do please send in to Michelle, Dawn or, I, or Office Do we'll pick that up from anywhere do send that in on emails that'll be very handy and um, as there are no more questions we'll say goodbye and we'll be back on the 28th of September so thanks so much everybody very really nice to see you take care bye bye Wessex LNCs supporting you and your practice.